HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to a special report of HR and Happy Hour, broadcasting live from Roberta's Pizza. This is Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kat Johnson, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Musman-Wadler. Hi, everybody. And Patrick, as always, is in studio with us. Hello. Thanks for having me. And we're so excited. This is a special report because we have an extra special visitor today in the shipping containers with us. Um, Secretary of Agriculture and Forestry from the state of Virginia, Dr. Basil Gooden is here. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm delighted. Thank you for coming to Brooklyn and visiting us. Oh, no, I'm, I'm happy. Happy to be here. <laughs> so we've been talking a little bit about all of the amazing foods and commodities and beverages that are com- that come from the state of Virginia and people maybe not don't know all the amazing products that your state has can you tell us a little bit about yeah sure <laughs> absolutely absolutely Virginia has one of the most diverse agricultural economies uh, in the nation actually um, first and foremost agriculture is Virginia's largest private industry uh, certainly making an impact of about 52 to $55 billion annually. So it's a large, large industry. But certainly we have a lot of diversity. We have uh, certainly uh, Virginia pork. So we have Virginia ham that, that's coming out there, Virginia peanuts. Most people know a lot about that. But uh, certainly we have a lot of new um, some commodities and things that we are uh, sending around the world. Certainly Virginia wines. We have uh, 295 wineries. We have 195 craft breweries uh, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, We have uh, about 47 distilleries, and we have about 20 uh, cideries in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So certainly um, some some new industries that are coming online and growing like gangbusters, but certainly we have a lot of the poultry uh, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Soybeans, one of our largest exports, that is our largest export, soybeans. Um, So we have... We have cotton, we have tobacco, you know, so we have all the things that you see that's grown uh, down through the south. So um, 
We have a lot of diversity in our industry. And some of these newer industries, like the craft beverage and things like that, are really helping boost your agritourism industry. Can you talk a little bit more about this this recent study that says it's providing 22,000 jobs and $2.2 billion in economic activity? Absolutely. One thing that we know, certainly in agriculture, is that you're going to have to diversify, and you're going to have to look at ways uh, to certainly um, compensate your income or to add to complement your income, actually. And so one thing that's really big in the Commonwealth of Virginia is agritourism. And certainly the report that came out, uh, as you indicated, Kat, is that it makes a $2.2 billion uh, am- impact annually on the economy. That's with, um, uh, again, a lot of the wineries that will have events there uh, in various areas that are close to metropolitan um, ci- cities. But also we have a lot of smaller farms that are you know, located out in some of these rural areas that will uh, do things you know, as simple as like corn mazes. Uh, but also people want to find a way to, to come back and to enjoy uh, nature, they, whether it's for just recreational purposes and also really just um, being able to enjoy good food. Uh, and, and, and to connect with, you know, where their food comes from. I mean, I think that's vitally important. I mean, as we look forward to agriculture, I think people want to get closer to, to their food. And so that's something that we are really encouraging and supporting and incentivizing there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so I want to talk about your background because... You're not just a politician. Oh no, no, I'm not a politician. <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, you really do have a strong background in both agriculture and forestry. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, thanks. I appreciate that. Yes, um, I, I was born and raised on a farm uh, and, and in a place called Buckingham County, Virginia. And Buckingham County actually is supposed to be the geographical center of the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's about 60 miles uh, southwest of, of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, so my family actually, at one time, we, we grew pigs, uh, cattle, uh, raised corn, hay, things of that nature, things that you would typically see uh, on a farm. Uh, my parents actually were educators. My father was a school principal, and my mother was a home economics teacher, and uh, she, she loved to cook. I guess it's called family consumer sciences now. That's what home economics uh, used to be. But... Um, really grew up in that type of environment where you learned a lot about plants. You learned a lot about how to feed not only your family, but communities as well, because we would share whether we we're growing greens or, 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 you know, squash, cucumbers, whatever came out of the garden, you, you shared it with the community. And so, and then also my, uh, my, my grandparents had a country store, so we would sell a lot of those uh, crops and that produce in this country store. And that country store was such a uh, catalyst for the community where people came together, uh, black, white, um, anybody in the community that needed something, they would meet at that country store. So you learned how important food uh, is to uh, communities and bringing people together. One thing that, that that's, um, I really focus on as a Secretary of Agriculture and Forestry in Virginia is certainly the, the nexus between food and public health, how food can be used to improve the health and well-being of communities and things of that nature. So certainly looking at food policy, looking at how, again, we can address some of the chronic illnesses in a lot of our communities uh, by what we eat. And so I um, 
so I grew up on a farm, love farming. We continue to have farms now. Uh, and so right now we grow beef cattle, Black Angus beef cattle in Buckingham, uh, Buckingham Virginia. So really enjoy what I do. And, and I love this position as Secretary of Agriculture and Forestry because I get to go around the world promoting agriculture and good food and uh, supporting uh, people getting closer to their food and better health. And so I, um, I did undergraduate school at Virginia Tech, so went up there. That's our land-grant uh, university there in Virginia. Then I went to actually Syracuse University for uh, graduate school and then came back down to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, uh, where I focused on public health. And that's, that's my uh, training, pu- public health and uh, community development. So there's a natural tie-in, I feel, between you know, food and, uh, and the health and well-being and the economic uh, well-being of communities as well. Home ec, I love that. Awesome. I, the, the world needs more home ec. Also needs more community stores. Just the art of standing in line and not ordering via Amazon and, and the conversations that take place mm-hmm. at a community center like that is mm-hmm. important. Sure. Absolutely. I agree. 100%. <laughs> and Secretary Gooden, you mentioned uh, a lot about public health and food security. What, in, um, in your view, are the biggest threats to food security and dietary health in rural Virginia particularly, and what, um, what does your office do to address some of those threats? Sure. And, uh, you know, we are really uh, looking at, the uh, again, the local food systems, local food hubs. That's what we are really uh, trying to incentivize. Um, I used to work uh, previously at USDA, uh, and I was a state director for uh, one agency, is rural development, mm-hmm. and we really focused on making sure that uh, we had a sustainable food system. Uh, and that's where a lot of our funds went to. Um, so when we look at the the food chain, again, you know, most of our food uh, again is, is processed um, um, by large facilities and and, um, uh, markets and things of that nature. And what we're really trying to do is diversify. We're really trying to focus on some of the smaller areas, focus on, you know, again, the small farmers. We're trying to be innovative around food. uh, But again, making sure that we have traceability uh, with food, you know, and being able to track back. uh, Certainly, we, we, I think we have one of the most secure, I guess, as far as um, processing and, and um, food safety. Uh, we, we certainly, with our Virginia Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, we have uh, inspectors that actually go out and work with a lot of the local farmers, uh, we're a tremendous organization. But really, uh, we are looking at, again, that whole food chain uh, from, from beginning to end, being able to track you know, where, where your food comes from, um, and uh, those are things that are in the works, mm-hmm. but uh, recognizing that that not only makes good sense for the health and safety of the public, but also it makes sense. I mean, it's it's uh, in other countries, it's a marketing tool. Well, where you know a lot of people are looking for specific farmers, and they you know, and actually they have apps. Uh, we were in Tokyo in the fall, and uh, apparently in Tokyo, a lot of the food that, that's consumed is actually either ordered by um, their uh, cell phone, or their mobile, their cell phone. Even if they're in a restaurant or in a grocery store, they can really specify where they want their food to come from, uh, local farm. And so I just found that fascinating. So, again, trying to make sure that people here in uh, the United States and specifically the Commonwealth of Virginia 
we'll be able to uh, make sure that that food chain is short and make sure it's diversified and, and make sure it's safe and, and sustainable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, again, we're, we're really focused on that like a laser, uh, certainly through our Department of Agriculture and Consumer Sciences. Mm-hmm. And I imagine you must do a lot of work also to help farmers achieve economic success. Um, so I have a, a question about that, and you can let me know if it's related. Um, I did my graduate research on uh, small farmers in New York State and whether or not they uh, were able to accept SNAP for their fresh local produce. Um, but one thing that really surprised me when I was talking to the farmers is I found that many of the farmers in New York are struggling with food security themselves and um, often are recipients of SNAP benefits. So I was curious if that was also um, something that your office might deal with in Virginia and how important would it be, in your opinion, to, to preserve SNAP um, or other types of nutritional support for people in rural Virginia farmers or other people in agricultural communities? Great question. I mean, I think it's absolutely imperative that we um, maintain support for SNAP and making sure that a lot of the uh, food insecure areas um, are, are have access or, or availability to fresh uh, produce, fresh fresh food. So uh, it's tremendously important that we focus on, and I'm working with the Secretary of Health and Human Resources in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Bill Hazel, uh, whose uh, uh, SNAP actually falls under his purview mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in our state. And so really making sure that he understands, and he is fully supportive as well, uh, that SNAP is vitally important to a lot of uh Communities, a lot of uh, individuals in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and certainly I know as we approach the uh, the farm bill that's uh, actually been, you know have been discussed um, for several several months now, um, that it's vitally important that we understand that not everyone has the economic resources to um, attain uh, the healthy food that they need, and I mean that's a whole other discussion we could talk about why. You know, uh, the cost of food. And, and, you know, as you know, uh, when we look around the world and look at food policy, that people, the lower you go on the um, economic income, the more they pay percentage-wise of their disposable income on food. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not fair. I don't mm-hmm. think that, you know, again, you know, we need to really look at these type of issues. But I think it's vitally important that we, um, you know, support uh, SNAP and make sure that it's in place. So people can, you know, be as healthy as, as other communities as well. And get and I'm sorry, to get back to your uh, other question about food security as well. We're doing some really uh, interesting things with a lot of the communities uh, in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. We're looking at a, a what's called a local, it's a, a justice food hub where we're working with um, individuals that are returning from incarceration to actually uh, help them learn more agriculture and growing growing their own food and growing food for communities. But addressing, uh, you know, a lot of the food deserts that we do have uh, in, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And uh, so we're working with a lot of the faith-based institutions, uh, returning uh, incarcerated individuals, but also uh, working with um, some of the local high schools as well. Uh, what we're really trying to do is really show the world that agriculture uh, is diversified. I mean, really, we're also trying to get more minorities uh, in agriculture, get more women in agriculture um, uh, in Virginia. But not only Virginia, I mean, again, across the nation. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
what's really interesting, uh, as we sit here today, um, there's only one um, African-American Secretary of Agriculture um, at the state level in the country. And that's in the Commonwealth of Virginia. The Commonwealth well, of Virginia. We're with a, them right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and so that's, to me, it's, it's amazing because mm-hmm. uh, African Americans have been um, in agriculture since the inception of this country, whether they wanted to be involved right. or not. And I just think that we need to have more uh, women involved in leadership roles in agriculture. I think we need to have more people of color uh, involved in agri- agricultural roles. Um, uh, roles. And so that's something. And it's really interesting, too. I tell you, Kat, when, when I do have these conversations. Oh, and you can cut me off because I, I get on a roll when I'm <laughs> trying, trying to get about opportunities. But um, I, I'm looking for opportunities not just to have diversity in the workforce, but I'm looking at opportunities to get diversity in the ownership roles in agriculture and, you know, food policy roles. And so people who can really set the agenda I think we need more diversity at that level. Well, one question, because you, your parents are educators. You know, you've been in school a lot yourself. You have a yes. doctorate. Um, and I think that a lot of the things we've been talking about have kind of touched on education, like with this um, justice program you're talking about. Yes. And you were very involved in 4-H and oh, yes. at, growing up. And I, I was in FFA in high oh, school. Um, yeah. I sort of grew up on a farm in a farming community. And I think this speaks to your point about wanting to get people in those higher-up roles is starting in the education very early, and I think that that's missing in a lot of places. And I'm wondering what you think about that and if you're planning to work with, like, the Department of Education or anything like that to implement more of those programs. Sure. No, absolutely. And thanks for being in FFA. I mean, that is uh, certainly <laughs> um, uh, a great organization. Something that I feel that is also imperative to our office is to train the next several generations of leaders to come in and really talk about how important agriculture is to the world. And so we certainly work with FFA. We work with 4-H. We work with the local school systems. We have a program that we're implementing. It's called uh, Secretary for a Day, where we work with uh, some of the younger kids, either in 4-H, FFA, and we have also some other agriculture leadership programs in the Commonwealth of Virginia where you actually come to Richmond and you're dubbed the Secretary of Agriculture for a day. So you mm. figure out what we do, you see what we do, and, um, and the, uh, the various um, industries and associations that we uh, deal with. So really try to get them uh, acclimated to uh, agriculture and being able to speak out about agriculture. Because as you know, um, the average age of farmers in the country, I mean, again, it continues to rise. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, it's like 59 and a half, almost 60 years old. And um, so certainly as these farmers, and they're great, great farmers, but, you know, again, as they are getting older, we, we have to make sure that we have people coming in behind them to say, hey, we're going to continue to market, promote, and protect agriculture. And so I think that's certainly our job in the Secretariat of Agriculture and Forestry for the Commonwealth. We have to continue to groom leaders for the future. Now, what, what is the demographic of farmers in Virginia? I mean, is there statistics to that? Right. We're losing a lot of um, the uh, black farmers, actually. Uh, they're, they're, it's a, a, um, a tragic uh, continuation of loss of land um, for various reasons, um, whether they're aging out or, again, just no one in the family wanting to um, uh, be a part. But 
black farmers make up about between uh, 10 to 15 percent of the farms in Virginia. Uh, women own farms about 17 percent uh, in Virginia. Um, but when we talk about some of the newer, um, again, uh, uh, sectors, we, we're looking at, say, like the wine industry. Right now, again, we have about 296 uh, wineries in Virginia, uh, and, uh, but we have no, minorities, uh, no, no minority wine owner, uh, wineries. Um, you know, and I think you know, that's an industry we can look at as well. Um, the same thing with cideries or, you know, even, I mean, a lot of the craft beverage industry, which, again, is growing exponentially, uh, not only in Virginia, but across the country, Oregon, Washington. Uh, so really trying to get um, uh, diversity in, in these uh, burgeoning uh, sectors as well. And um, also uh, trying to get diversity looking at off the farm. I mean, a lot of agriculture is actually in logistics. You know, only about 30% of agriculture actually is on the farm. So really trying to look at that other 70%, whether it's processing, whether it's, you know, again, logistics, distribution, marketing. I mean, so I get excited about agriculture, and that's something that I really try to go, uh, you know, into the school systems to talk about, you know, hey, you know, you don't have to just be a, you know, a farmer. You know, I like farmers. I mean, I, I'm a you know, farmer myself. But, you know, there are other opportunities in agriculture for you to actually make a living. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I try to share that. We really try to make agriculture a little more appealing, a little more sexy than, you know, <laughs> just, you know, a horse and buggy type thing. Mm-hmm. So Now, is there a label I... Part of the reason we met is through my friend Sam Edwards, who is the uh, third generation of a famous ham-curing family, S. Wallace Edwards and Sons. Yes. And uh, he taught me about this uh, Virginia's Finest oh, yes. uh, label. I mean, is that a label that people outside of Virginia also could be looking for? And how do people find so, quality and sustainability? Absolutely. Sam Edwards, I mean, a tremendous um, organization there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, the best hams, uh, I think, uh, in the world. Uh, we also have uh, Smithfield hams there as well. So, I mean, again, I don't know if I can play favorites, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we do have a uh, tremendous uh, pork industry there. The uh, Virginia Finest label actually is designed to uh, promote uh, Virginia commodities, Virginia produce. And so the, um, the, the criteria there is that it, it's something that actually is either grown or related or, uh, or value added there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But it's a great um, – actually, we, we have a reception later on this evening, and we're going to actually highlight – a lot of the Virginia finest uh, commodities and, and produce. So really the uh, tag is designed to promote things that are actually processed or grown there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But it's around the world. We, we do send it around the world. Mm-hmm. And let's, thanks for asking. Let's talk about your event tonight. It's uh, oysters, correct? We do. We yeah. have Yeah, Virginia has eight varieties of oysters. Um, <laughs> and actually um, the governor, I think, last fall um, – 
actually named the the uh, the, the the eighth the final, I mean, the, the last uh, variety of oysters. I guess you can do that when you when you're governor. You can mm-hmm. you know dub you can name oysters. Absolutely, you can name it after yourself if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, and actually there is a, um, a, a craft brewery that actually is named after the governor because oh, the governor really? likes stout. Um, so oh, it's called nice. yeah yeah. Give me. Give me stout or give me deaf or something. Like that. <laughs> but it's a it's a great craft. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, not side brewery. It's craft right, craft yeah. brewery. But um, so yeah, tonight we're going to actually have uh, oysters. Virginia actually produces the most oysters on the East Coast. Uh, and oysters, I mean, it's it's a sixteen million dollar um, industry. I mean, it's actually larger than that. But uh, last year it was sixteen million uh, and. Tremendous varieties, and uh, so we're going to meet with uh, Rappahannock Oysters uh, tonight. We're going to actually have a reception and a couple of other events. Then we're going to have uh, also some Virginia wines. And so, you know, we have oysters in Virginia. We have Virginia wines, Barbersville um, wines. And um, so the governor likes to say that, you know, you have the oysters in Virginia, you have the wines, you eat the oysters, drink the wine. Mm-hmm. What and else do you Sounds need? like my kind of party. Virginia's for lovers. That's what he likes to say. <laughs> that's so, so that's the that's the, yeah, that's Governor Terry McCullough's line there. So <laughs> certainly, uh, but yeah, the oyster uh, industry, again, uh, we're, we're shipping oysters across the world. And so, uh, again, we're delighted that Rappahannock Oyster will, will be joining us this, this evening. Now, uh, this is a network that talks a lot about food, but I know that part of your purview is uh, the wildlife, the forestry side. Can you tell us a couple of quick talking points on what we should be thinking about when it comes to preserving wildlife and the forestry side of the land? Sure. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Patrick. Um, Yes. So my title is uh, Secretary of Agriculture and Forestry. And uh, so the forestry part is actually the third largest uh, industry in the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's about 17 billion, you know, close to 20 billion dollars annually. We are uh, big believers in, again, preserving, protecting, but uh, also utilizing our forest areas uh, in the best interest of the Commonwealth. And so Again, we recognize that we certainly have to uh, use our forest to uh, move economic development along, processing paper. We actually we sell a lot of timber uh, across the, the, the world as well. We were in Mexico last uh, week, actually, promoting uh, a lot of our uh, timber and timber products, certainly um, a lot of furniture. But again, you need timber, building houses. Anytime that, that there's development, you need, you know, certainly lumber and timber. So... Uh, I, I feel that Virginia has some of the highest quality timber uh, and lumber uh, in the country. Uh, so we uh, look for opportunities to, to sell that as well. But also recognizing that uh, trees provide so much to us uh, as, as humans. I mean, they, they, they clean our air, keep our water streams clean as well. So we have an obligation also to protect our uh, uh, forest lands and try to uh, preserve, uh, you know, when possible. And so it's really interesting. When I grew up on a farm, uh, actually, Patrick, that um, I was always fascinated that, you know, animals, you could see like, you know, goats and cows and things of that nature, that they had the uh, fight or flight instinct. So if they got, you know, afraid, they could get up and run away. But it always intrigued me that plants, when you planted a corn or if you planted a tree, they couldn't get up and run away. 
And so it just always interests me that when, you know, things can't move, can't run away, then it's incumbent upon us to protect them if they're providing a service to us. And so I take that philosophy with me on my job that, again, it's our job to protect forest land and protect trees that give so much to us. So um, that was a, just a lesson that, you know, I've taken away from the farm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so well, yeah, much. Yeah, this has been very, very <laughs> interesting. Awesome. We don't usually get high-caliber oh, uh, yeah. government officials. Like <laughs> oh. We get a lot of chefs. Oh, no. <laughs> somebody, of... yeah, misinformed you. I don't know about high-caliber yeah. ca- or just, uh, no, just somebody who loves my job, <laughs> love agriculture, and, and love what you all do. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank I really you. appreciate you all educating people and, and getting messages out about agriculture and, and food. And so... Really do appreciate what you all do. We hope you I come have back. One last oh, tidbit of a question. <laughs> sure. uh, uh, a lighthearted and personal question for you. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> I was reading your bio. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Well, we know your first name is Basil. That's your a food. Daughter's <laughs> first name is Caper. Caper. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that a food thing? Oh wow, that is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, a, a great question. I've never been asked that before. And, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah. I, I don't know whether my mother knew that, you know, I needed to be in agriculture, so mm-hmm. she named me Basil. But, mm-hmm. you know, as a home economic te- uh, home economics teacher, she really loved cooking it. And her favorite herb was actually basil, so that's what, so it's no real, like, big story behind it. But that was about it. And uh, so my wife and I really decided that we sort of wanted to keep that uh, theme going. So if it if she had been a boy, we were going to name her Sage, him Sage and mm-hmm. uh, and a girl Caper. And so oh. my wife, wanted, my wife, Susan, wanted to uh, <laughs> keep uh, keep that going. And so nice. That's I love that theme. name. We love it. Really love applaud that. that. You yeah. know, yeah. coming from a food radio station, yeah. you just we have to ask. And that is the answer I was truly hoping oh, for. So there you go. There you go. Well, thank you for the question. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much again for being with us today. Sure. We have to wrap everything up, but we could just probably talk for hours hours and hours. Oh, sure. sure. Um, So we have been, this has been a special report of HR and Happy Hour. I'm Kat Johnson here with Katie Mosman-Wadler, Patrick Martins, and our special guest today, Secretary of Agriculture and Forestry from the Commonwealth of Virginia. I'm going to start saying it that way now. Great. Dr. Basil Gooden, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.